0: Welcome to the Conversion Tracking Playbook, where we share how to overcome tracking challenges that e commerce brands face today and real world examples of transforming data into insights. Welcome to another episode of the Conversion Tracking Playbook. I'm your host, Brad Redding, and today will be another solo adventure talking through five examples of event tracking that you can add to your own subscription-driven or subscription-enabled direct-to-consumer business. So let's jump into this data and analysis that I just love. I could talk about this stuff all day, 24 hours a day. I dream about it. So why are we talking about event tracking and trying to really extract insights out of our subscription customer behavior on site the reason why we're talking about it is well data if you aren't familiar with profitwell profitwell owns the largest database of subscription data for both b2c and b2b patrick campbell shares so many insights and benchmarks and data behind what he and his team sees and analyzes across all their data sets But I pulled out a couple from their benchmarking data that I just wanted to to use to set the stage. Number one is if you combine delinquent and voluntary churn for B2C brands or B2C businesses, there's an average of 7%, so 7% monthly churn for direct-to-consumer or B2C businesses. And you combine that with an LTV of roughly $350, that can be a, depending on, if you are on the low end, so 5% or if you're on the 15% of monthly churn, those can be some pretty scary numbers. So at a 7% monthly churn. That essentially means that you need to replace all of your customers every 14 months. So if you have 1,000 customers as of January 1st, by the time you hit march i'm not going to do public math but by the time you hit march of the following year you would have to essentially replace all of your existing customers that you had on that january 1st plus obviously add any additional customers that you wanted to hit your growth and forecast trajectories that's why we're talking about it so obviously with uh Elevar and what we do are very big in event tracking and conversion tracking and what we are starting to see is a bigger focus on just churn reduction and activating customers that sign up for a subscription so you can this is a podcast so it won't be as visual i can't show a spreadsheet but if you wanted to try just forecasting out your own numbers if you are a subscription business then just take a spreadsheet it can create something very simple just have 12 months listed out start with your current customer number in month one and the column b and then just have another column for churn, so your average monthly churn. Another column for your new customers or new subscriptions that you've added. And then you'd have your total net new customers, which would essentially be existing customers minus churn customers plus your new customers added. And that'll give you essentially your net new customers. And then you can calculate your growth rate from there. So if you expand that out for 12 months and you just play with that churn, so go from 7% to 15% or 3%, you'll see the impact that that has on your growth rate. So once you go through that process, that will likely illuminate the importance to really trying to focus on churn for a direct-to-consumer business. So let's jump into the five different events or type of behavior that you can set up tracking for, and I'll throw in some few a few ideas and examples that we've seen with some of our customers end up being in big wins for them. So example number one, subscription clicks in your main navigation or on your landing pages. Chances are you likely have a page dedicated to your subscription product or just outlining the benefits to a subscription. So you might outline the discount or the rewards that it unlocks, et cetera. If you know what your cost per acquisition is for one-time versus subscription purchases, and assuming you know the LTV for those different customers and your LTV is, is higher for a subscription signup, then experimenting and testing driving traffic through that subscription page and the subscription page on its own. So understanding are people watching your video talking about subscriptions? Are they interacting with any FAQs or are they engaging with anything on that page? Are they spending more than five seconds or are they doing the straight scroll up, scroll down? But So number one would be tracking the clicks into that page. So if it's a a main navigation item, tracking the number of people that are actually clicking in to view that page. And then the second part of that would be actually adding event tracking to that page and using that to help give you some ideas on how you should be experimenting, removing content, adding content, storytelling, copywriting, et cetera. So that is the first example of some event tracking to set up. Again, track how many people are using your navigation to go in to learn more about subscriptions and obviously the different data and interactions that they can perform on that page. Number two, product pages. So clicking the subscribe on the product page if it's not the default. So most brands that sell subscriptions, you have the radio button or option that the user can select to add the one-time product or select the subscription and add the subscription product to the cart. Now we've seen the default being the one time or subscription. Honestly, uh, so we've seen that flip flop sometime or some brands having a default to subscription works better. Some the one time works better. If you haven't tested that, I highly recommend it just be sure that you are tracking both conversion rate and revenue per visitor metrics as well as the subscription opt-ins. So you can look at those all together because in theory, if you potentially, let's say you defaulted to two subscriptions and you had a higher number of subscription purchases, but your conversion rate was significantly lower, it up, might end up being a net net loss for you. So be sure to pull those metrics into that. But again, start with adding event tracking around that subscription block so you can see are people interacting with it, what the conversion rate is for somebody who clicks on one or the other, and then you can build your hypothesis and experiment from there. Number three is if a user added a one-time product to the cart, what percentage of users are upgrading to the subscription version prior to a purchase? Now, this is If I had to say one of the most consistent winners and experiments that we've seen over the last six months, this is one of them. So if you are not prompting users to upgrade to a subscription and their add to cart confirmation, so if you have a modal or a pop-up, or if you have a mini cart, if you are not showing some type of, hey, change this product to a subscription and save 20%, I highly recommend testing that and adding tracking, so adding event tracking to those interactions. We see this particular upgrade flow win over and over. Uh, in fact, if I go back a few years, I was on a call with Order Groove and a previous Magento customer. And hearing some of the data they had over their data set of subscription customers, it was pretty amazing how many people are actually interacting with the upgrade in the cart page. So this was maybe before mini carts were as popular as they are today, but on the cart page, just having that toggle for a customer to switch over to a subscription. And this makes sense. Customers, they they might be too focused on the product and the experience and the storytelling and the video and the images, and they don't necessarily, they're just clicking add to cart, and they may not see the nuance right away of, oh, I added a one-time or the subscription. So making that very clear as they continue through the process is something that could end up being a big win for you if you are not doing that today. Number four, This is the post-purchase flow, and again, we're talking event tracking, and this is the period that I like to call the activation period. So are these first-time subscription customers going to end up being long-time customers for you and the business? Now, many times with a post-purchase flow, the customer will get the same email that a one-time customer may get, and it's, hey, thank you for your order a couple days ago. Can you leave me a review or leave us a review? Thank you so much. Now, if the subscription purchase, it's a very different purchase and a different purchase decision than a one time. So going straight to ask for a public review might be a little bit too much and can inhibit the ability for you to just learn more about the customer experience, about the subscription, and potentially head off any future churn that might happen. So you could do something like a, hey, we know you got your first subscription order a couple days ago. How do you like it? And just do a thumbs up, thumbs down, or a neutral. So yes, no, or unsure. If they choose yes, then reinforce the value of the subscription, or you can choose to offer an additional bonus on their next recurring order. So it could be the next month. So for example, giving them another $10 off the next order, or you can include a free product with next subscription, maybe as a surprise. And at that point, then you can do the prompt to ask for a public review or ask for a referral, et cetera. If they say no. So again, going back to, Hey, how did you like, how have you liked your purchase so far? Yes. Uh, good, bad, or neutral. If they choose, they aren't a fan so far or potentially neutral, then prompt them for feedback. So again, instead of going straight public review, ask ask them for one-to-one feedback. It could be an email from the founder. So it looks a little bit more personal. And so if they select no, then that could trigger a workflow that has that outreach of, hey, we're here to help. Was it a product issue? Was it packaging issue? Was it something that you know that you could fix in future subscriptions? You won't know that without asking this question. So this is not necessarily directly event tracking related you can, so if this is a hosted page in your site, then you can potentially look at visits versus submissions, but turn that experience of someone saying no, they're not a fan yet or they're not a, a proponent yet, turn that into the ability for you to support and help them get back on track again to head off that churn versus just blasting them with your daily emails, selling, 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 selling. selling. So that is another example we can do if someone chooses no there. And then the one other, Potential pro tip here could be remarket to those people that say no, or they're not a fan yet with customer stories, reinforcing the value benefit. If it's a product that, you know, they won't really see the benefit for multiple months down the road, then just tell them, be clear, be clear about that. So that could be another way, again, to try to hit them with different remarketing versus just the uh, straight sales tactic. The last event tracking that you can consider for your subscription is In the account section. So this is the hey, I've already signed up for a subscription. Now I have this fully built-out account where I can view my billing history, my active subscriptions, my address, my loyalty points, etc. So this one, I would say less than five to ten percent of brands that we see, and including some of our customers as well. We there isn't the this fully robust event tracking setup across all of these pages. Many times they can be hosted pages or they're potentially built into a the theme. But let's assume you have the ability to add some event tracking, even if it's just via Google Tag Manager, which is the most common way you do this anyways. But add event tracking to all, all the different widgets inside the account section. So add event tracking to the edit subscription button, the cancel, the pause, the calendar, the adding. So if you are cross-selling or promoting one-time add-ons to a subscription or potentially bundling subscriptions, add tracking to all of that. Most of the time I'm referring to event tracking that you're sending into Google Analytics. And then you can use that for hypothesizing changes to the site or A-B tests and experiments, etc. However, those same events, you can send those events to Clavio, to Facebook, to any channel. So that's something that we've done quite a bit in the past is Customers that want that unique event data sent to Clavio, which they can use to trigger custom workflows. Think about that. And when explaining these examples, think through that lens as well, where you can use the, hey, if somebody is in their account and they click the cancel button to start that cancellation capture workflow, but they don't necessarily go all the way through, then that could trigger an email outreach like, hey, what can we do? How can we support you? What's the problem, et cetera. Um, At the same point, if you want to look at their editing subscription details in that funnel, um, are they going to edit the subscription, but you only see in your analytics data, 5% are actually completing that edit process that can trigger an email or an SMS workflow from the event that you created to again, reach out for uh, potential help that you can offer. Are they trying to just log in and access their account? So if they have a subscription, but they didn't set the password, how many are going through that process? and actually completing their account creation. Um, as I was just preparing for this, I went to a store that I have a subscription with. I thought I had a login, I didn't. So I went through this flow and entered my email and I got the the flow to ultimately set my password and log in. And I got in there and I realized, oh, I have a bunch of reward points that I can apply $20 to my next subscription. I had no idea that existed. I didn't even get any emails on it. So I somewhat fell into that because I was doing this research, but Those are again, that was a, holy cow, this is pretty cool. I didn't, I didn't know that I'm building this up over time. So that inherently, even if I was somewhat thinking about canceling the subscription, that, that bought me at least another month, which is going to impact that LTV for you. So the last thing talking about the account event tracking is looking at those different funnels. So if you have everything tracked, you can look at that, these unique funnels of, viewing a your, the active subscription to edit. So how many or what percentage of people are viewing a subscription and going to edit or viewing and canceling, viewing, skipping, viewing, swapping, viewing, adding an item to it as well. And especially with the custom subscription account sections, one thing I see all the time is if a user is in there and they're editing a subscription and potentially completing a purchase in their account, which doesn't send them through that whole post purchase thank you page process. Most of the time the events uh, are not, so you're not sending add to cart events to Facebook or GA. You're not sending a purchase event to Facebook or GA or Google ads or whatever it might be. So that is another area that you wanna look at and just audit to make sure you have set up properly. So that is the five examples of event tracking that you can consider for subscription businesses. Um, I'll just wrap this up by just talking through how to create event tracking if you are not familiar. Google Tag Manager is obviously the easiest way, or maybe not obviously for some, but in our world it's the easiest way to do this. If you wanna do the DIY where you already have GTM set up on your site and you wanna go through and create these events, just Google how to find click classes in GTM. You should see our article near the top there and, You can also see the link in the show notes, which will show you how to do this and find the way to create that trigger. We also have a free Chrome extension that you can use so that you can just point and click and the Chrome extension will automatically grab the CSS element and create the tag and the trigger that you'll need to import to GTM. So that's a really easy way for non-technical GTM folks to add event tracking quickly. There are different Facebook groups that you can join. There's a Google Tag Manager Facebook group where there's all kinds of questions going back and forth with assistance. And you can also ask your agency. So if you are not a customer of Elevar, ask your agency or developer to help. And as always, if you get stuck with anything, let us know. At this point, I'm going to stop talking so you can get to work on adding this event tracking to unlock your own insights for your subscription business. I will see you on the next episode. Did you enjoy today's episode? If so, we release two new episodes per week, so be sure to subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else that you subscribe and listen to your podcasts. I also have a favor to ask. I'd really appreciate if you could leave a comment or review so I can learn exactly how to improve future episodes for you And last but not least, if you want to connect with me, find me on LinkedIn by searching Brad Redding at Elevar. That's E-L-E-V-A-R. Or you can DM me on Twitter. My handle is I am Brad Redding. I look forward to connecting with you. Thanks again.